Hello and welcome to World Shop, the podcast where we build worlds based off the roll of a 20-sided die. I'm Jordan. And I'm Cody. With us this week is a special guest, my good friend Diana. Hi! Okay, you know, we're just gonna have to throw the episode out. We're done recording. You did it wrong. Me? (laughs) No. No. I'm making a joke. Hello, Diana. Jordan likes to do this thing where he kills the flow of the podcast to make a bad joke. Well, yeah. It was a great joke. It's anyway. a setup for, for then a sarcastic dig. That's how it works. Anyways, I think Diana is the only person who I know that's actually listened to our podcast. So well, I mean, I know and talk to more people who listen, but Diana is one of the people who does consistently listen. Diana's the only person I know. <laughs> Diana is the only person I know. That listens to the podcast and has messaged me about how my worlds are terrible. So I only you know. listen so that I can give them running commentary over Facebook Messenger about how much they suck. I don't think you've ever <laughs> outwardly, other than my story world, I don't think you've ever outwardly said I sucked. No, you don't. You don't. But and, it's fun but, to pretend. But, I mean, I do like to just call out Cody like when we're not on the show. She's like, ooh, that was bad. Diana did decide to tell all of our friends that had done technical theater that I said that theater uh, <laughs> technicals were monsters. Thank and then you. I said, no, I said they were subhuman trolls that are the source of all evil, which is very different. My husband is a tech, or was, I should say, a tech. Yeah, a goblin, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. I, you know. I mean, he's kind of goblinish. He a is a little bit. bit. When have you ever even seen him? <laughs> We were, they went to we, school we together. We all went to the Wait same school. Jordan, did you know Eric? Yes. Yeah. Eric? What the heck? They were <laughs> in engineering together. We, we were in class together. I think I sat next to him multiple times. Oh my god. The problem is that you were all babies. And so as far as I'm concerned, none of you existed until I was a junior in college, but then Jordan was even after that. I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we all went to the same school. I hope you know that. I do know that, yes. And I am black, just in case mm. you didn't know that before, yes. What? I figured it out, which is it makes it amazing that I didn't notice you in physics class, because literally I was everyone I thought was white. In physics class. <laughs> you very well might have been. <laughs> Anyways, I guess we'll start out with Cody. Cody, how have you been doing and what have you been into recently? Jordan, okay, here's the thing that happened to me. <laughs> oh, no. Here's what happened. I watched the Amazon original series, The good Boys. Omens? Oh, you watched no, The Boys. No, The Boys. Huh. I watched like two seconds of Good Omens. I don't think I'm really going to go back to it, but I watched The Boys. Another one that everybody tells me to watch, but it's gratuitous as hell. What it, is it? it? It's the one about superheroes where what if superheroes sucked? It's uh, another one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, Here's the problem with The Boys. There's two... Real big issues, and one of these is going to sound familiar. The first one is, the cast consists of Carl Urban, and then a bunch of other people that are not nearly as charismatic as Carl Urban. The exception being, um, I don't know the actress's name, but the woman that plays, I think her name's like Starbright, um, she's kind of, I guess you would say like, there's kind of two main characters, one of them's a guy who's like working for villains and then she's like a new superhero um and i don't need to go into the plot but they're kind of like the two sides of the argument right so like she's working with the superheroes he's kind of working with what would be considered villains um she's also like a fairly well-known actor 
So it's just like Carl Urban is great because he's Carl Urban. And then everyone else is just like, why did you even show up today? And what kills me is they got Simon Pegg to be in it. Oh, and he what? plays a boring dad. His character oh. is I'm a boring dad and he's in Hugh it for Campbell five minutes. Senior. Hugh's Huey's father. He cares deeply for his son, but does not believe Huey has the confidence to stand up for himself. That is the most boring sentence I've ever it's read. Just straight up dad. That's his whole character. Is so, what are you um, here guys, to do? Can you just Say act son. like you're a dad? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I think they just gave him the stage direction middle-aged. And that's that's <laughs> Do you play checkers for fun? Yeah, yeah. That's that's all he has. How that's many audiobooks do you own? <laughs> Hey, whoa, uh-huh. that that felt personal, Jordan. That felt personal. Yeah, that, that was a personal attack, yes. Um, so there's that issue. And then the second part of it is that although I appreciate the kind of sarcastic deconstruction of what it means to be a superhero and their relationship with power, it's like I've seen Watchmen, you know, so it's kind of but, okay. But, Cody, can you answer this question for me? Who watches the Watchmen? Yeah, right? It's like, well... They've kind of already done that, and it's not that creative anymore to be like, but what if, but, but what if the superheroes are actually not great people? Like, but what if, but what if Superman was mean? But, I mean, but what if Superman was rude to people? Then what would you think of Superman? Like, okay, good job. You did it. You, good, great. You're so much cleverer than everyone else that just enjoys these stories. Okay. Like, it just feels sarcastic. I mean, to yeah, be, I think to be fair, to be. it was written, the comic book was written in 2006. So, to be fair. Yeah, well, that's still after Watchmen and after all no, the other it? times that people have managed to deconstruct superheroes. I, I don't know. I just find cynicism as, like, the whole, I thought you just liked everything. Cynicism. No, I don't. It's it's just kind of, like, not, he to me it seasoning. is not... Yeah, it's like cynicism can be a fun thing, but ultimately it's kind of like empty. Just criticizing with no solution is not super creative to me. And that's to me feels like all this is. Um, Oh, and then the the third problem that I forgot is it doesn't have an end. It's just it's just sequel bait. And that to me is so is everything now. So is everything. Here's the difference. There are people calling. No. Stranger Things had sequel bait at the end. No, 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 no. Hear, hear me out. Stranger Things had sequel bait. But yes, the story every season proposed. Has sequel bait. It does. But the story proposed in season three wraps up. It is a finished story where the characters go where through the Where at the very end, they're like, hey, by the way, there's going to be a fourth season. That's kind of what they did in the first season. I'm fine with that. Like, but season one felt like a complete season, right? The story ended. And then they led into yet another story, right? No, the boys don't do that. You're just halfway through the story and they're like, done. Nothing is concluded. Like, oh, come on. You weren't good enough to deserve a second season. It's it's the Jordan, it's the difference between the end of Alita Battle Angel and the end of Stranger Things season one. The end of Alita Battle Angel didn't wrap up the story. Well, that's they because were very Alita confident. Battle Angel wasn't a good movie. Well, right. And I'm saying that the boys is not a great show because it didn't wrap up its own story. Instead, it just I slapped you in the face with the fact that it thought it was getting a sequel. Anyways, I've talked too long. I mean, <laughs> what what's new? Hey, Hurtful, go ahead. I'm, 
No, Diana, you go next. What have you been oh, into recently? Man, I have been into parenting a toddler. I knew you were going to say that. And playing Stardew Valley. Those are are the there only any fun kid shows you've been watching, or like? We have been watching a lot of Dave and Ava videos, which are, are horrible, ch- like children's. Um, what is the word? Nursery rhymes set to music with cows and dogs. And it's just the same songs over and oh, over again. Because she only ever watches terrifying. the one video. It's an hour long video of nursery rhymes. Diana, it's. I thought Bro. it was going to be fun to have another parent on the show. And no, then I man. just found out everything you said is too real. Yeah. Because it's <laughs> yeah. not even that Graham likes to watch Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, it's that he wants the five minutes of song. Uh-huh. I mean, my friends, one child, they watch moana pretty much every day no but moana is great moana has oh, a yeah. story i mean moana when i was hanging out with them and they started watching moana i got invested again even though oh, i've already man. seen it twice <laughs> i will say finding nemo repeats well up does not can you tell i have a 10 year old niece <laughs> really up doesn't it doesn't repeat well it, it was huh. a good movie once but when you see it five times in a row it's just like I have lost all interest in everything happening on the screen. Unless to I'm be honest, two years old. I think I can watch Moana five times. I think I can do it. Oh yeah, Moana Diana, I think would repeat. Yes. I just found a channel that is just Dave and Ava streaming constantly because I wanted to see it. That's literally what I just it. found, and yes. that's why I said, "Oh yikes!" It streams live. three yes. seconds, and I already want to cut my ears off. Yeah, that's. Exa- <laughs> yes. I said, "Oh yikes!" and I exited out. It was like, why did I? Why did I look? You know, and she has very, she has tastes. She likes Old MacDonald Had a Farm and Wheels on the Bus Part 2 Animal Song. She does not like Humpty Dumpty or... um. What is Wheels on the Bus Part 2 Animal Song? You sing about the cow on the bus goes moo moo moo. Why is the cow on the bus? Uh, Because cows are more oh, fun and interesting rights. for That's children. Why. Because equal she's rights. obsessed with cows. Because toddlers. Anyway, I'm way more interested in talking about Stardew Valley, quite frankly. <laughs> <laughs> so, so how's Stardew Valley? <laughs> Stardew Valley is great. I'm obsessed. I have my single player game and I have my co-game with my husband. And then Cody started a game I can't really get into a too. game that's just work. <gasps> but I can. See, I have this little obsessive obsessive thing in my brain that really likes to do that but then also there's a bunch of different things that you can obsessively do like going into the mines or fishing i did fish for just fishing the an entire day fun. you uh, fish for yeah. an entire day how do you pull that off uh, i got really really bored but i needed to get the fiberglass rod so it would be less hard you just it's great i'm obsessed i just want to say though yes how personally offended i am at the three-day-old farm that we have together and then you guys just stopped calling me, you know? Um, I'm sorry. You First of all, you were the one who called us in the first place to even do that. And then you haven't talked to us about it. Number I two. messaged Eric once. Yes. Oh, when Dude, we haven't played. I'm not surprised yeah. that Eric doesn't want to play games with you after you destroyed him on whatever strategy the game that was. Oh. Supreme I, Commander. Has, has Cody told you about Kerbal, though? <laughs> What's that? What's Cody? What did you do to poor Eric? <laughs> oh no no it's no! Not what I, it's it's not what I did to poor Eric. It's the fact that Eric's like, I'll I know what I'll do. I'll play this really intense game with Cody. He'll get into it, and then I am an actual dumb dumb boy. And then I have Eric sitting Wait, there is, being is like, Eric, one of the people who told you to stop playing with him. Because you're so bad. No, he didn't tell me to stop playing with him, but it was just a matter of at some point, Eric is so sassy when he explains things. <laughs> no, when he's no. like, 
Cody, did you know you can click spacebar? It's the long <laughs> rectangular button. Like, Eric, come on. Here's That's the thing fantastic. is that he is being fully sincere. He honestly has no idea how to teach people. He either acts like you already know everything so he doesn't have to tell you anything, or he acts like you don't know what spacebar is, and he has no in-between. There is That's no in-between for so Eric. funny. <laughs> it's very true. It's very true. Uh, but yeah. Although I, I wouldn't know anyway, how to play that game if it wasn't for Eric. It's true. I don't know how to play that game, even though Eric wanted me to learn, because I was like, uh, no. It's a specific taste, yeah. It really is. Sorry, Stardew Valley. Stardew Valley, I am currently very successfully seducing Shane with um, basically just red hot peppers, because I'm horrible <laughs> shit on peppers <laughs> all summer, and now every week I'm giving him two peppers, and he hey, loves me Hey, big boy, you like lot. some peppers? You want something spicy? Yes. How about this? Pepper. He gave me his Shane, jalapeno Shane's kind pepper. of the edgy boy, isn't he? I gave no, him no, no, no. You're thinking of Sebastian. Sebastian's the edgy emo boy. Shane no, is the Sebastian's super depressed the one with the alcoholic. Good hair. Sebastian does have good hair. But no, Shane... Well, Shane is the one who's really rude to you whenever you talk to him. He's a super depressed alcoholic who just works at Joja Mart or but he drinks in the saloon. Prime. And that's all he does. <laughs> Pride me. Oh, yeah. yeah well, he's, he's the edgy boy. Oh, yeah. He's... I mean, if you want to call that edgy, I don't know. He's, an like he's, he's the one who looks homeless. Yes, he looks homeless. He's super depressed. <laughs> Co- yes. Cody, no, does Jordan, he not he's look wearing homeless? a hoodie. His oh, hoodie's no, all hoodie torn off. Already. He's got tears yeah, and Yeah, that's frame. because he's a little punk. No, no, no. no. It's he's because homeless. he's depressed and wants to kill himself. And says, and you're, I think, like, Wait a second. No, no, literally, literally, listen to me. I think it's the four heart event. If you walk into his house... He is laying on the floor, passed out drunk. His aunt asks you to help, and you pour water on him from your watering can. And then he wakes up and is like, oh my god. And Marnie's like, oh, why don't you have a plan for your life? He's like, a plan? I don't want to be around long enough to have a plan. And then his little goddaughter is is standing right there. Oh my god, you have no idea. I thought it was all sunshine and rainbows. I've never got to the inner darkness. Yeah, no, it does definitely get a little dark. I found that out when I befriended the town drunk. And you like and our friend Yeah. Okay, and I just yeah. kept buying her beer and she just kept living oh. in a trailer park and oh, I'm Pam. like, oh Pam, yeah. Yes. Pam. She's great. just like a barfly that everyone judges. And I'm like, this she is has sad. Excellent taste in IPA. If you give her IPA, she she's got real good, real good flavor note commentary. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I didn't realize that his hoodie is a Joja Mart hoodie, too. Uh-huh. Yeah. And he hates Which his is job. like extra sad. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you know what he is? He's the guy from No, he's the guy from Gilmore Girls. He's uh <laughs> shoot. <laughs> No, no, we're not doing this. Neither of us know Gilmore Girls. We're no, 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 no. We're not doing no. this. Stop. Gosh. Stop. But it's the guy stop. from Gilmore Girls. I I'm promise. just going to cut out what you're saying. Just stop it. He's like this edgy guy that reads philosophy, drops out of school, and works at Mar- Jess Mariano. That's who he is. Yeah, that, he even looks shame. like Jess Mariano. That's pretty Shane. I'll give you that. Although, uh, Shane, so before I chose someone to seduce, I went through and I read all of the single character bios and like all the things that would happen if you seduce them. Because I I'm do like love how it's not falling in love with, it's just straight up seducing them. Oh, I mean, you're giving them gifts for love. I don't know what else you would call that. Uh, yeah, it's seducing. Yeah. Yeah, you should I mean, also talk to him diana you shouldn't just throw hot peppers at no, him no except day. that in the game you don't get dialogue options unless you're in a scene where they already love you sometimes like you don't
don't really get options for dialogue. I know. That is something that, like, I felt bad because I wanted to be Pam's friend in one of my games. And uh, I would give her, like, beer every day at some point. You're just feeding her habit. But but, I'd I'd try to talk to her. That's Cody. And she would just be like, hi, I'm Pam. And I'm like, I feel like we should have a better relationship at this point. I feel like you probably should have. And maybe, I don't know. I don't know what went on for you. But, um... The thing about Shane is that when you marry him and you can make two babies, um, he builds a little chicken coop in your backyard and he has this chicken that he's in love with and obsessed with. And that's why I wanted to marry Shane so that he could have another chicken. <laughs> you married him for his potential chicken yes. that he loves more than you. Okay, but everybody I else is really I don't know lame. what to say about anything you just said. <laughs> Oh, the best part that I learned from the wiki. I have not gotten this far in the game yet, but apparently there is a witch in the game who gives you a mechanic for disappearing your children. (laughs) What (laughs) the actual... You can straight up make your children disappear. And these are children who never grow past, like, small child stage. They're just forever stuck as toddlers until you make them disappear. This game is dark. (laughs) It's messed up. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, that's what I'm obsessed with right now. <laughs> I don't know how to follow that. Uh, I don't know how to follow that Jordan? at all. <laughs> I want Cody to go watch it first, but I did just watch the movie It Chapter 2. Is there and... an It Chapter 2? Y- yeah. Well, I mean, how else would I have watched it? I don't know. I haven't heard of you, this. You, <laughs> you've read the book, right, Diana? Yes. The f- the first It movie is just the childhood part. Sure. I just never realized they made the adulthood part. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah They it literally just came out, like, last oh, week. Oh, gotcha. Bill Hader's yeah. in it. Yeah, Bill... I mean, Bill Hader's great in it. He's great in it, but the rest of the movie's just fine, and I really want to talk to you about it, Cody, so you need to go see it. It's also almost three hours long. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. After a part one that was, like, two and a half hours long, so it's Jeez. a freaking... And there are people who are like, yeah, no, make a super cut and just put both movies together. I'm like, that's like a five-hour-long movie. I can't. He's got to have a couple pee breaks in there. Yeah, it's, it's one of the marathon no, things. Just, oh, my God. So, yeah, it was, like... So I got to the theater early because, you know, I want to get a good seat. And then the um, previews were almost 30 minutes long. And then the movie was two um, two hours and 50 minutes. It's not technically three hours. So by the end of it, it's like, I just, I was like, not that I don't like this or whatever. I just want to go home. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't want to be here in the theater right now. Just sitting and watching stuff. That, it's not great. It's not bad. It's just stuff's happening. It's I- tough for me now because I love that book so much. And. Diana, am I right in saying that like I can I, I was like the one that turned you to yes. it? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so you've both read it, right? Yes. Yeah. It is okay. a masterpiece of literature. Like See, I, I want to say stuff that they changed in the movie, but I don't want to spoil it for Cody. Yeah, but... I, d- I don't want to know spoilers, but it's I feel like it's gonna be hard to top for me, you know? Mm-hmm. The you're I honestly if you like the book that much, I don't think you're gonna like the movie, but I want you to see it, so go this weekend, please. Thank you. He wants uh, you to rant about it. Say screw it to the kid in um No, take Graham with you. Take Graham well, with Well actually, you. I mean I could. I could just go really oh, late at night. There was a family sleep. in front of me that took a freaking ten year old kid with them to the movie. I'm like, how are you okay with this? Oh, and the dude. mom kept covering the kid's eyes, and I'm like, just don't take him to the movie. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? And it's not like it was like a, it was at I went at freaking twelve in the morning. Oh, oh like, well, that's your well, fault, sorry, tw- then. Sorry, no. No, 12 no, p.m., not 10? 12 in the morning, 12 oh, p.m. Oh, 
Okay, Sorry. yeah. So it was like broad daylight. Right? I meant to say it was like a it was eleven um forty. So broad that's what daylight. Yep. Yeah, it's broad daylight, and you took your kid to see. It's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Going to see a movie at ten in the morning? Because I knew it was almost three hours long, and I didn't want to waste my whole entire day. Was well, it a weekend? Yeah, it was Saturday. Okay, so at least the kid yeah. has like school, but there are ten year olds who could handle it. Not every ten year old. Not if mama. If has mom to cover was covering the kid's eyes, I don't think the ten year old could handle it. No. Oh, so this is a fun story about my brother. When we were little, the movie Spawn came out. Oh and lord! If we have awful. younger listeners, they might not like remember this time in movies. We have where... like two listeners that are not that young. Shut so up, Jordan! I'm going to explain a time in history. <laughs> um. There was a while where comic book movies were weird. And we walked uphill <laughs> both ways. And it wasn't just all Marvel movies or ripoffs of Marvel movies. So, like, you would get these really strange comic book movies like Blade and Spawn that were Dude, like... Blade was fantastic. I really liked Blade. Um, but it's very R-rated. And Spawn was rated PG-13 just barely. Um it's so bad. So my dad brought my, like, what? I think he was 10. 10 year old brother to see spawn and it's like about this big scary monster cutting up like people that are like into drugs and pimping women it's like a very gross movie and there's like guts getting ripped out and everyone looks slimy and disgusting and i went and saw like the happy little dinosaur because i was like six (laughs) and we get done with the movie and my dad is like what happened (laughs) because he thought it was gonna be like superman you know no man that movie like yeah no that movie's too dark for like a 10 year old to go see yeah now my brother's screwed up forever and it's a a waste of time explain some things about rob yeah right (laughs) anywho we have a show to do we do you know what I'm going to do to you. So Last week, we it. did our worlds about uh, theater, I think. No? No. No, that was two no, weeks ago. You, no. That was no. actually three yeah. weeks ago. Last week, we did our worlds about... Uh... Come on. You're right there. Oh, right gosh. There. Diana, do you remember what we did last week? I no, because it, it just came out today. One. It just came out today, so she wouldn't have listened to it. Nope. Where's your god now, Cody? <laughs> Where's all God now? I don't remember what we did. Oh, we did the world with seasons, multiple seasons. Okay, so how did you figure that out? Um, what I want to know. I just uh, I I uh, I vamped you long got enough on, that it came to me. Pod beamed. Okay. <laughs> no, I did not look at Pod bean. I did not cheat. I, can I can I just take a moment to announce publicly the last one I did listen to was the musicals one. Holden McNeely, you have destroyed your image that I had of you in my head for the rest of my life. And I might go He's cry. a wonderful man. I really yeah, like that, that's He's a, a great guy. That's a problem. That's a problem for all of us who ever listen to the round table. Anyway, continue. I mean, I, I listen to the round table and I appreciate you holding. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Is there something about him that I don't know? There are um, a lot okay. of things about him you don't know. Listen to round table. But that, that's like the one where it's like, people's like, oh, what podcast do you really like? It's like, <laughs> um, yes, I, I don't talk about last podcast. I don't talk about Roundtable. <gasps> it's like, um, I like uh, Adventure Zone. Yes. Mm, yes. Quite. <sighs> Wizard and the Bruiser. Yes. Quite. Man, last podcast on the left, Case File. Um, and not so much my favorite murder anymore, but like all the cr- true crime I was going to say, oh. Diane, every podcast you listen to is about murder. <laughs> or politics. <laughs> but yes. I, I like the true crime podcast. Or, or the Common Descent podcast. That's science, murder, and politics. <laughs> I listened to the last podcast. I think it was 
altogether 10 hour series on um Jonestown. I listened to that twice. My soul hurts so much. <laughs> oh man, that one was rough. Because Jonestown is one thing that just interests me so much just because it's of crazy. all the things behind it. It's such a crazy story. And so I listened to that twice and <gasps> in like I think like in a month. And yeah, no, that was that was rough. Well, that was a rough one. And most of my life I had Jonestown mixed up with the um oh Heaven's Gate. I had those, like, I just basically had it all together in one little soupy pot. So learning the details about Jonestown, like, it's so much more messed up than I had any idea. Yeah, no, we're best friends now. We have a shared love of true crime and cults. It's great. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> okay, so Cody, last week, what we did the seasonal one, right? Yeah. What did, what did I do, Cody? You did one about seasons. It was like Hunger okay. Games, but with people yeah, having fine. to go and turn off a world-ending machine. Um, I'm so- proud of you. And then mine was the one where um, people landed on a planet as, like, a colony and found out that the seasons changed every, like, two... Oh, no, they didn't mean to land on it as a colony. They got stranded on a planet where the seasons changed constantly and then had to decide whether or not to restart humanity on an inhospitable planet. Was the alternative just to die? Yeah, yeah, it was based... Yeah, the... (laughs) It was to die or to screw, and they chose to screw. Yeah, that was basically it, yeah. Yeah, sounds about right. Anyways, this week, Cody, what are we doing? This week, we're doing a world where humans aren't sentient, but at Diana's request, because she's a bad person. Yeah, because, uh-huh. so for all the people who are super bummed that we're not going to be doing romance um, world, <laughs> we're doing not sentient world instead. I'm so excited for next next week's world, because this one, like, Diana was like, oh, I want to do the one where humans aren't sentient. And then immediately my mind just went blank and was filled with this so sound. <sighs> No, my mind didn't go blink. My mind came up with an idea instantly, and that idea sucks. And it's just like, but what if dolphins are humans? That was like all I had. And I'm like, I've already done it. So this then is I. The sound of ocean. <laughs> I messaged Diana. What did I message you yesterday or two days ago? Uh, and I was those? like, I have no idea what to do. And you're just like, I do. Ha <laughs> ha. It's funny. I'm like, <laughs> you are better at this than I am. <laughs> I think my exact phrase was like, if. Diana's not a hundred um, percent better than you. Two hundred percent better than you, and three hundred percent better than me. Oh. We're deleting the episode, <laughs> and she's never allowed back again. You guys don't even know. <laughs> so how we'll find out. I I have a feeling that it's gonna work. If it's, everything's gonna be fine. Um, but I guess first, Diana, do you have dice to roll edition? I have no dice. They are hidden in a storage unit somewhere. Okay. Google dice roller. Okay. I can do that. I was either just I was just gonna roll for her and just no, nah, you gotta roll, roll your ba- own. Dice. I was gonna roll with advantage and give her the lower number because I don't want to go last. <laughs> no, I'm already going last, Jordan. I already oh, rolled. Okay, my well dice. I'm going probably, hopefully first. Dice roller. <laughs> because you guys won't remember how bad mine is by the time you get to the other two. Um, are we rolling one dice or two? One d twenty. One twenty. Oh, one d twenty. Um. It doesn't give me d20 options, so I'm just going to roll dice. I only rolled two. Uh, Well, okay, so I got a nine with two sixes. <laughs> Are we? Hold I on. don't have a d20. So I'll, just, I'll just go ahead and roll for you. Yeah, Diana, you rolled bad. a one. You're going after me. <laughs> Diana Cody, crit what did failed. you roll? I rolled a three. I didn't crit fail. I rolled a 16 and I'm back on top. All right, Jordan. I'm so glad I'm going first so I can get this out of the way and just be done with it. Take Go us ahead. away. Like, it's all you. God, but then, yeah. Yeah, thank God. Just so glad. 
So um, my world is the world of Sartonia, and how I came up with that name is I was literally sitting there, I'm like, Sartonia, cool, we're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, so it's, like, what, it's, like, it's like, what should my world be, Dave? The first thing, I went with the first thing that came to my head, I was like, go with it. Okay, so, um, and I'll do my little story as usual, starting with geography. We have been here since the very beginning. We were created to stand tall and watch this world grow into what it is today. I feel like I'm being judged by Diana, and I'm so scared. <laughs> I'm just sitting here wiggling with excitement. Like, I saw her just, like, move back. I'm like, oh, no, she's just ready, just ready the quills. Just, just cover my face with your documents. You don't have to say Diana, you kind of look like Shaq. You know that thing where Shaq's like... Yeah, wait, he does like... <laughs> oh, with the gift. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no, Diana, you look like a big black man. Definitely. <laughs> anyway... We were here since the very beginning. We were created to stand tall and watch this world grow into what it is today. We watch every day as our twin suns rise in the morning and as they tuck themselves beyond the horizon at night. Surrounding our pale blue planet are the eight moons of Lazar, the homes of the gods. We were simply to do our singular job of observing and not affect the natural order of the world around us. But that changed as things could not remain constant forever. You see, our world used to be beautiful. Some might go as far to say it was perfect. We were surrounded by greenery and life, and every inch of our planet was striving. At the edge of our continent, the warm ocean flows in, keeping the land cool. The air was refreshing, and the climate remained manageable for everyone. I'm being judged by Cody, too. Man, this is rough. No, it's fine. It's fine. This is the worst panel discussion. (laughs) (laughs) I'm being... But because of our... Sorry, I'm being distracted by the fact that my child just came inside and is going... Blah, 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 blah. So... I told you you could just have her just write a world, but whatever. But because of our interference, our world split open, cracked down the center like a broken egg. The world scars a crooked chasm in the ground, and all that touches the edges of the scar first turn white as they slowly break apart and then drift into the depths of the scar. A red mist emanates from the scar, and slowly that gouge spreads out further. But it is just one section of our world. Some choose to believe that if you ignore the world scar, then it cannot affect you. It is simply a part of the land, just as we used to be. But the scar in the world wasn't the only change. The waters turned murky and our sky grayed. Still, we stood at the top. We were alive and we were unaffected. These changes are a reminder of our sins, and one day the world scar will consume us all. Due to our own actions, we may have ruined our world forever. Life used to be abundant. We were the observers, but the humans were meant to cultivate our world. The gods created humans for that purpose, but to protect ourselves, we cursed them. Now they stand silently like statues, staring forward, unblinking, unaware of the world around them. It is as if their souls were pulled right from their bodies. Some say that they have observed small movements from the humans, but those are simply rumors. The humans are gone, but to say dead will be going too far, as they still breathe and we can still detect heartbeats. They stand utterly lifeless. All of their bodies are turned towards the world's scar. Some are pointing. Some have shocked looks on their faces. But they all stand there in all of this red chasm that threatens to swallow us whole. And that's my first part. Can I take a quick break? The child is freaking out. BRB. Man, being a parent must be so hard. Oh, I am so glad I don't have to deal with that life. <laughs> Suckers! <laughs> pew, 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 pew. Don't have any children. Don't have any pets. Oh. It's just me alone. I'm going to start crying now. Cody, I think it's your turn. 
Yeah. This is a captain's log. You know what sucks? Sci-fi is wrong. I mean, really wrong. They always do things that are just fully impossible, which is not fair. So here is the deal. Humanity left Earth, which was a solid plan. They wanted to what? spread- What? Surprise, humanity left Earth? Shut wow, up, Jordan. so new and groundbreaking. I I've had never nothing heard else to before. do. <laughs> Here's their- he, mm. Humanity left Earth, which was a solid plan. They wanted to spread all over the galaxy, which is a great idea. But here is where sci-fi gets it wrong. There is no method to instantly travel or communicate across space. Sending and receiving information is very difficult. You see, the closest distance between planets is not consistent. And all of this boils down to say that we can only now communicate with Earth like once every 200 years and we can only say one thing. And that's our nearest neighbor. I am not a human. I am a Quailamon. And the captain of an exciting <laughs> mission. Jordan, you shut up. <laughs> a what? What are you? Well, the way I spelled it was Q-U-A-L-I-M-A-N. Didn't think about the bird until much later. These are not birds. I was going with quail Pokemon or quail Digimon. I'm a quail one. Well, I just cut hue off of human and then filled in something spacey. Quailamon, shut up. Go, Quailamon. I choose you. Quail. But are these still actually humans? I'm getting this to that, Diana. Bird humans. The That's podcast is be. called World Shop, not read Cody's mind rudely. <laughs> all right. So we have, we just all replaced humans with bird people. They're cool? not even I think, bird people. I think people. he's just talking about humans with a different name. I think that's what he did. <laughs> Do you want me to get <laughs> to it's, it? It's just a dupe, but the only thing different is they're slightly taller than Who's humans. Who's making this they're world right making- now? <laughs> is it me making the world or is it you guys making the world? Maybe I don't know how to do my own podcast. I don't know. <laughs> you you don't. <laughs> it's been proven on episodes before. I am a quail man. And the captain of an exciting mission. We are to return home to Earth. Earth is still there. So great. We can eventually get back to home. I mean, it has been roughly eh, 50,000 years since we left Earth. Um, And, sorry, hang on. And... Sorry, we left Earth humans and landed on this thankless rock of staggering peaks and terrible storms, and we began to change. Over the course of thousands of years, humanity became the qu- <laughs> humanity <laughs> became <laughs> the quailmanity. Quailmanity. When all of those thousands of years ago, a colony vessel landed, we could not rely on technology. People died, and we evolved. The smallest and the nimblest people were able to adapt to survive the horrible climate and the scarcity of food. The biggest change was the arms. We have four. (laughs) There was a time when humans and and quailumanity both existed on the planet. Humans did not live many generations after the quailuman arrived. We don't know if humanity all evolved, or if the harsh environment killed them, or if wars did. But humanity evolved into us. We're three feet tall on average. We have four arms, and our feet have opposable thumbs. 
Climbing is as natural as walking to us. We regularly have to scale massive mountains to travel from settlement to settlement. Our skin has become... <laughs> Jordan, you stop messaging me sassy comments. <laughs> I don't want to interrupt you, so this is the best Our way to do Our skin has become light gray to blend in with the mountains and has also grown thick to protect us from falls and sharp rocks. <clears throat> This is What's your dexterity modifier? Shut up. This is what we call our home. We learn to mine and smelt and harness the resources of our planet, and technology grew until we began to listen to and travel space. Okay. So, basically what happened at some point about 50,000 years ago, humanity decided to send colony ships off to a bunch of different planets, but none of them were hospi- as hospitable to life as Earth. So, when people landed there, there wasn't, like, an abundance of technology to just, like, make planets into being roughly Earth-like. So they actually evolved into different species as they landed on these new places because their climates forced them to. Um, Cody. Diana, don't even, come, don't even come at me with knowing about science, Diana. <laughs> this is fiction. I don't I care. I need you to take a break. No. Diana is over. You need to take a break and go listen to every episode of the Common Descent podcast and then come back and rewrite your worlds. Diana, here's the deal. No, evolution works the way I said it did because this is a fictitious world. Do you want to know why evolution has to work this way, Diana? Because you made a world where humans aren't sentient. You can make whatever world you want. It didn't have to be 50,000 years and you didn't have to have... Four arms, because the Hox gene complex is messed up, and you didn't have to have coevolution without geographic separation, and, and, and. Cody, can I ask you a question? I'm, this time I'm not trying to heckle you. So the quail men aren't just evolved humans, they're their own thing. Well, they are evolved humans, but they're like, no longer would be able to reproduce with a species. human. Aren't they technically humans now? I, I'm not... I'm Okay, a, a new a new okay, species. Okay, if, okay. If the scientist wait, no, no, no. Is calling no it okay. hang on, hang on. Diana, let's assume <clears throat> that on this planet, people were more likely to survive and reproduce if they were able to survive on a smaller diet, right? Yeah, sure. Then people would get shorter, right? That I'm totally okay. Totally and let's say Within this was a also in a relatively short amount of time too. And let's say this is also an environment where falling is fairly typical, having like. more like thicker skin and stronger bones to survive falls would also be a trait that would get passed along. Sure. Sure. Yes. Also let's assume there's predators Mm -hmm. that would hunt humans because they're not necessarily the apex predator. Mm -hmm. It would be beneficial to have skin that blends in to your background. Like squirrels and snakes. These are all very simple changes. Yes. Yeah. That all makes sense. Right. And let's say this is a world where climbing and using tools at the same time is really important. That is a much more difficult change. I, I want you to I want you to know how I landed on fifty thousand years. Oh yes, I would like. Do you to want to know, know how I land? I actually looked up how long humanity has existed and cut it and cut it by a quarter. Oh, it depends on how you define humanity. Well, I googled how long has humanity existed and it we're, said two hundred thousand years. Yeah, two, okay. Yeah. And and yeah, then I just cut number. it in a quarter yeah. and went. That's how long yeah. it takes for humanity to become distinct. <laughs> I mean, kind of. Oh man, forearms. There oh, is. Yeah. They're the only animals that have evolved that have more than four limbs are insects and arachnids, are, are the uh, non-vertebrates. There are no vertebrates with more than four limbs. So no vertebrates on Earth, Diana. These yeah. are aliens. And they have they're four arms. They're humans, as you said. You, you said they're humans. They though. were humans. Now they're not. 
Alright. Wait, are they humans or are they dancers? <laughs> I made I made a killer's joke. Come that on, is, that's how desperate we're getting. That that is the appropriate response. So wait, Diana, is the only issue is that is it's scientifically only, impossible. Is the only issue with what I said that they All have of our four arms are scientifically arms? impossible. And the short length of time, but mostly the forearms, yes. The short length of time I said fifty thousand years. Yeah. If you're going to grow an entire new set of limbs. Oh, and you were talking about them coexisting when you require geographic separation for speciation. Anyway. Well, is that true? Because wasn't there a time when... It can be geographic or it can be genetic, but yeah. Well, no, what I mean is wasn't there a time when there were like Neanderthals and humans at the same time? Yeah, they interbred all the time. And then... Yeah, so that's that's what I'm trying to say here. Yeah, but we didn't evolve from Neanderthals. Jordan is raising his hand. Jordan I is think very Jordan's, good point. This is I think real Jordan's bad mad. content. <laughs> Here's my thing. I am an engineer. And I am so engineered that the only things I'm actually good at are math. Math and physical sciences. You guys start talking about this stuff. And literally I'm sitting here. It's like, I know somewhat. But I hate you because I can't <laughs> say anything bad. In this show where I have said that like humans can jump off of one planet and land on another. And that like there's been like worlds that have existed entirely of imagination. Diana has issue with humans growing extra arms. Have That's what I'm taking away from it. that every time I message you guys to criticize your shit, it's for scientific inaccuracies? Well... Whatever. <laughs> I do like how we're looking at scientific inaccuracies in this like fictional fantasy podcast. Hey Diana, I just want you to know the Quayla Man are giving you the middle finger with all four fingers. Ooh, <laughs> I could. How many fingers do they have though? Well, actually, it'd be all six because they have opposable. Fa- they have opposable feet. So they're like weird four-armed monkeys. Yeah, with thick gray skin, like weird. Honestly, if I saw this thing run at me in the alley, I would scream and pee my pants. I think that's the point. What I'm hoping, what 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 needs to happen for this to be truly humans aren't sentient needs to be for their travel back to Earth, then result in them discovering that humans aren't sentient anymore. Oh my gosh! You figured out why I made the Quaver Man. You're adorable. Oh! Is it my turn? Diana got it! It has nothing to do with the four arms. It's almost like that's just flavor text. I could have said they have ten arms. It would have had the same effect. <laughs> Anyways, Diana, hit me with your best shot. I'm gonna hate it already. Fire away! The mother's ears perked forward. Inaccurate. As they... Oh, crap. Oh, and I don't have a name for this world. Deal with it. That's fine. Oh, I and don't also... Either. I'm yellow carding it already. Um, geography and flora and fauna. You can't just come on to our show and yellow I can card. Do what I want. You gotta be a good host and be nice to the guest. <laughs> so geography and flora and fauna are combined into one because my fourth doesn't really fit any of your categories. Yeah, that so. that happens that's pretty frequently. That, that's fine, bro. It's fine. I basically did two history sections. Excellent. It's fine. The mother's ears perked forward as she finally caught sight of her kids. Reet, Tweer, what have I told you about wandering off during daytime? The kits huddled together and shuffled their paws. Aw, Ma, we were just across the street. (laughs) Reet, I've told you a thousand times, if you wander off while the sun is still up, the tall ones will grab you and eat you. And then, Diana, you poor sister Diana, this is a furry world. (laughs) Hey, shut up, Cody. I'm I'm intrigued. I'm invested. Diana, you made a furry world and you're giving me crap about four arms. She literally said, don't be me to the guest. Shut up. I'm invested. Yes, Mama. The two kits chimed together, ears flat and eyes on the ground. The mother's puffed out tail fur settled as she gave each kit a quick lick on the forehead. Tiwi saved you a little breakfast. If you hurry, maybe it will still be warm. 
Our scene is set at sundown in Chicago in the Grant Park North parking garage. Michigan Avenue is a rocky stream, and across Michigan Avenue, you can see Millennium Park, now a wild and overgrown forest. All the concrete structures of the park have long ago been cracked and buried under dirt. But little Reet and Tweer love to slip into the undergrowth and go find that great mirrored bulge that rises out of the earth. As the camera pans out, you see a few skyscrapers still stand, but most have collapsed into great piles of rock and metal, leaving behind only stories of their cataclysmic crumbling. Surrounding these mini mountains is the ruined city, full of wilderness, with occasional structures still standing. Families tend to live in the concrete structures, while small bands of males tend to make their burrows in thick groves of trees. Plant and animal life create a verdant ecosystem. Deer are preyed on by wolf dogs, while coyote dogs and foxes hunt the numerous rats and other small rodents. The tall ones are dangerous, but not actively so. If you get too close, they might try to swipe at you, or if you are careless, they could even grab you. But they are furless and bleed easily, so they are not considered a threat to adults. If they can get their hands on a kit, they will kill and eat it, so all kits are taught to avoid no! them. Oh, hi, Dahlia. My baby's here. <laughs> they are not very numerous. The few small bands who exist tend to gather plant foods and occasionally a small animal they can catch with their hands. They sometimes travel to the Great Lake to catch fish with their hands, and once in a very great while, they bring home a deer that they have managed to stalk to exhaustion and beat to death with a rock. They <laughs> <laughs> Literally, that's how it was done. They eat their food raw, and as a consequence, are much shorter and more hunched than their ancestors. They avoid the concrete structures completely. This would be more believable if they had four arms, just saying. <laughs> it feels like okay. in this world it would have made sense for them to evolve four arms. <laughs> okay, first of all, you are at 120% better oh, no. so far. What? I'm, enjo I'm enjoying what this. I thought my world was fine. Your world is okay. No. <laughs> But the scientific inaccuracies in your world are what really throw me off. Through by four-armed humans, I guess. Uh, so, no, it's good so far. Yeah, I really like it. I'm just really wondering okay, how hot... about to get blown out of the water yeah, by a guest. Do you guys know what? yet who this, what the sentient species are? I mean, I really hope it's hot foxes. I, I was going to say wolves or dogs. It better be foxes. Sure. You're both wrong. Oh, right, no. We'll Diana, screw you. <laughs> Oh, uh, you know what? You're not funny. Wait, what's what's this joke that I'm clearly not Diana, a part of? Diana, you're not Hold funny. I'm the funniest. What is, it's not possible. I asked you to come on my podcast, and you oh, treat it no. as a chance to troll me, because I said that possums are giant no, trash no, rats. No, 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 it's not possums, though. Oh, it's the other possums? trash rats. I was about to say, shout out just to um, Instant 3 Play and okay. Bloober Flies. I thought you hated raccoons. Trash pandas. No, I hate. Should I have I hate, made it possums? No, I hate possums. Yeah, it's well, possums. No, I know he hates They're possums. possums. I hung up pictures of possums all around my house when I came to visit. Oh no, if it's raccoons, I'm okay with it. You are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's raccoons. Go ahead. I'm okay. I'm okay with raccoons. But are I they hot raccoons? Like raccoons? No, shut, Cody. Why do you always have to make it sexy? Why do you always have to do this? We, it's gross, and I do not appreciate talk it. About the mating habits of raccoons in the next no two sections from now. Okay, good. What does a raccoon dick oh, look that like? I don't know. You don't want to know that. <laughs> I, I asked the question. I want to know. That's a that's a question you're not prepared for the answer. Diana, you have homework you to do for the, the my answer. section. Okay, so here's my flora and fauna. Life still flourishes. Some say that things are even better now that the humans have been subdued. 
The animals are no longer hunted by humans for food, and they are no longer kept as pets or used for clothing. They strive without hindrance of the humans. Some predators take the easy way out and feast on the humans as they stand there lifeless. Ooh, that was bad reading. I'm sorry. Others fight and kill each other, shedding the blood of their brethren for a bite to eat. We believe these actions are derangement caused by the world's scar. Our domain has spread. We grow and have taken back the land that was taken from us. Our roots reach deep and our branches reach far. We have grown over the abandoned homes of the humans, breaking through their huts and cabins. We push past the man-made objects that once replaced our homes and reclaim what was taken from us. I realized by writing these worlds, I have a lot of, like, reclaim what was stolen from us. You're an environmentalist. Gotta... I'm a make Sartonia date again person, I guess. <laughs> As forms of wind and leaves, we traverse this world, enjoying the peace that has ensued after the departure of the humans. The forest that they tore down has begun to spread again, and the animals move inland with us. They make their homes in our branches, or in the wreckage of the man-made structures, but still the humans do nothing. They just stand there silently and stare. And that's the end of my section. It was extremely Hey, short. don't worry. My section two is also tiny short, because as I think Diana realized, flora and fauna and geography can frequently go together. <clears throat> it's it's a pretty consistent cheat. What? Yeah. They can. Yeah, but that's okay. So if you haven't guessed, it's tree people. I made oh, Dang it. Again, Jordan? I love it. Are they called like what, what do you mean? Well again? you had like Trebius before or whatever. <laughs> His name was Trelos and he was a god in human form. So F you. Alright. Trebius. I like Trebius. my names better than real names. It took a hundred and fifty years to reach Earth after they made contact with us. It was strange. The planet is blue and green. There is so much life and vegetation. No wonder humans were so big and soft. Even from space, Earth looks like a paradise. So much water. Fields full of food. Earth has had the time it needs to erode into a place that loves humans. Also, there is air and so much of it. We cannot wait to land. Oh, sorry. I, you ever read a sentence and you like don't know what it says, even if you actually did write it right, but it just doesn't. Only, Anyways, only when you yeah, read it. Yeah, I do that every episode. <laughs> oh, but the looks we are going to get—they will not be able to believe how much we have changed. But they are our cousins. There is so much to learn and so much to ask. A few months passes. We're closer now. Earth is even better than we thought. Cities growing with forests and plains. These metropolises are much more advanced than anything we could have imagined. Technology and miracles surely await us on the surface. This is the first log after they landed. There is something wrong. The humans are not like us. And that is the end of my second section. Well, no, it's not really. So I want to talk a little bit about dun, dun, dun. it. Um... <laughs> So the idea here is that they're gathering more information as they approach the planet. So 150 years ago, or really more like 250 years ago now, because it took time for them to get a message from Earth inviting them to come back and visit. And then it took them that amount of time to get back at best case. Um, so it's been 250 ish years since they were first invited to come to Earth. 
Um, and as they're approaching, they're getting more and more information because they're able to get better pictures of Earth. So whatever form of like telescopes or sensing that they have is limited by distance. So at first they're just seeing that Earth is still blue and there are still continents with lots of green vegetation. So that's great. They're like, wow, this is way better than what we had. We had like giant, terrible rocks. Um, and as they got closer, they also saw that cities had become very integrated with plant life. So they weren't as like distinct as they are now. Like looking at the landscape, it's not like cut out chunks of greenery where we've plopped cities. They've kind of grown in together. Um, and even at this distance, they can see that buildings are much larger. They're much more um, complicated. And so they assume that when they land, they're going to find way more advanced technology and that this trip is going to be worthwhile. And then that last message is them first landing and realizing that something is wrong. It's like one of those things where you like are so excited to get there and then like you realize. Yeah, I'm kind of playing with the notion that like the sucky part about space travel is it's a different place. If you were to travel to another planet, it would be a different planet than the one you saw to go and travel to. Mm -hmm. Like any civilization that's there, any people that you might have been able to communicate with, anyone that you've left on the planet behind you, all of that's gone because of the incredible amount of time it would take to travel to another planet. So are you saying that the humans are dead? No, they're not dead. They're just exactly. Wow, oh, that's they're just not sentient not right, because Diana hates us and wanted to make a possum world. <laughs> How sentient are your possums, though, Diana? Because now I'm worried we'll about fi- them. We will find they're out. Cody, possums. shut up. No, I know, but what about the possums? Nothing. No, I really Anyways, thought that you hated raccoons Cody. as much as you hated possums. I thought they were like equal on your level of hatred, and the raccoons made more sense evolutionarily. So I want that. They do and, because raccoons are now, better now than we're possums. At 90% yeah, sorry, Diana. What about the whales? <laughs> we're at, we're at 90% right. Diana. We're, right. we're going yeah, down. I get it. I get it. Wait a minute. Is it my turn? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Come now, little ones. Curl up and shush, and I will tell you a story. Hang on. Can I ask a question? No. Could you please do this in a more raccoony voice? <laughs> I tr- honestly, I tried listening to the sounds raccoons make, and I cannot mimic it. So, do like, that. I want you to be like, <laughs> come down, listen to a story. <laughs> Can you please just do that for like five minutes? <laughs> I had to try and riff on their sounds and it was hard. I'm proud of how much work you put I was so excited, you guys. I'm, okay, 150%. (laughs) All right, all right. Generations ago, the gods ruled the world and shaped it to their liking. They were the tall ones. They had hands like ours and sharp eyes, but they walked on their hind legs, strong and naked. They shone in the sun and bared their teeth to all with no fear. These gods gathered all the food in the world into their homes so they could give it out to the animals depending on their just deserving. They tested us, sometimes hiding the food, sometimes locking it away, so that only the strongest and cleverest animals could find it. And so we rose up amongst all the animals. We alone passed their tests, and as a result, they showered our people with blessings. They killed or trapped all who might harm us, They prepared our food with fire so that we could chew it easily. They created great stone forests where we could live alongside them in safety and prosperity. Yes, even this same forest where we live now. And our people grew numerous and fat and lazy. How little we understood. Our people believed the tall ones were good and all-powerful. 
Even the wisest among us did not see that, like us, some of them hid evil in their hearts. They killed weaker animals without cause and forgot to honor their mothers. The most rat-like among them would hide in their great houses and murder their own little kits as sacrifices to the filthy rat god. The good among them were wise, but they were not clever, and they suspected nothing until it was too late. When the rat god overtook the heart of a tall one, their form would change. Their naked skin would transform from natural shades of brown to a bright, unnatural color, like puzzle boxes with nothing good to eat inside. They would itch without relief, and their tall bodies would shrink and hunch. Finally, their bright, sharp eyes grew dull, and they would forget themselves. They would still use their nimble hands to feed and scratch themselves, but they did not create <laughs> any new thing, or gather food, or take any care for the future. The rat god took them, and they knew no more. The evil among the tall ones only grew in number, while the good turned aside and did not see. And eventually, the evil ones no longer needed to hide. They came out from their underground lairs, and even now they wander the daytime, restless. Our people have not seen an untainted tall one in many, many generations. Their great works stand, but their old blessings fail us. We have taken their stone forests as shelter, but we must never forget their lessons, my children. We must turn aside from the rat god's evil under the earth. We must share our blessings with those who are weak, as once we were. We must be both wise and clever. Did they die from getting, like, rat rabies? Hey, man, you don't know. We'll see. <laughs> also, I feel like you've accurately described my day-to-day -day life. <laughs> <laughs> like, just dim eyes, hunched, scratching, and feeding myself. <laughs> It's too real, is I what mean, it is. It's too real. You're 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 not you're not wrong. <laughs> you're not wrong in the least bit, dude. Great horror. <laughs> and horror is the best job. As long as it's no, not whatever. actually something on the screen that scares me. Huh? As long as it's not something that's actually on the screen that scares me. I mean, nothing's scary anymore. Everything's just guts yeah. and gore. Horror is boring. Anyways. Not gonna talk about my displeasure of again the movie <laughs> it and how disappointing it was, but okay. So here is history, right? Yeah, because I go first. In the beginning, there was nothing but white space, an empty void where the gods finally came into awareness. They saw this nothingness, then created the heavens and our world. The gods formed the twin suns, Sire and Casal, in their hands and molded a rock that followed those suns. They dug trenches, filled them with water, and traced the paths over the land for water uh, for the rivers. Then, noticing the world was still empty, they created us, the green life, the silent observers who would stand in place and watch over what the gods had created. What up, Cody? No, I just really love... No, what up, Cody? I, I, I love treemans. They're the best. They're just trees, Cody. But they were still not satisfied. We, the green life, were the only beings in this world and could only stand where the gods had put us. So they created the animals to roam the land. They made us. This made us happy. We were kept company by the animals, and we offered them our fruit and vegetation so they could grow strong. It was a mutual relationship. They would provide fertilization and nutrients in the air. In return, we would provide food and shelter for them. I know science. No, this is me being proud. I have no criticisms. <laughs> Despite the life that they had created, the gods did not rest. They created mankind in their image to have dominion over the other creatures. 
We welcomed them, offering them what we had in order to ensure their survival. But we stood in place, silently watching, unable to interact with them. We longed to reach out, to be one with the society that was being created in front of our eyes. Our spirits cried out, and our cries were answered by the stray god Godo, the one who suggested that suggested creating the green life. He gave unto us the power to channel our spirits into our branches and leaves. We use that energy to take forms in the leaves and move freely through the world. We dance on the wind, though we always returned to our main bodies, as that is where our spirits were connected. Some of the others stayed deep within the forest, as that was our true home. We were able to use our newfound power to communicate with the humans, shifting our branches and flowing through the wind with our leaves. They called us dryads, the spirits of the forest. Humanity began to grow and spread. They needed shelter in order to continue advancing, so we offered them parts of our physical bodies. They took the wood they needed for shelter and tools and continued to build up their communities. But as time went on, humanity continued to grow and spread out. Thus, they needed more. More room to live, more wood for shelter, more of our bodies for their own good. We thought we had come to an agreement. We would give them what they needed as long as they gave us more time to grow and produce. Goto saw the humans' greed and looked down on them. He wanted to punish the humans for taking what was not theirs, and he planned to thin their numbers so that they would not need as much. But the other gods condemned Goto. Finally, Goto moved to eradicate the humans, but the gods would not stand for this. They locked him deep beneath the ground in the core of the planet. He would remain there for eternity, never to see the heavens again. In his absence, human greed grew. They needed more room to grow, wanting to build larger shelters stating that we could not simply protect them from the rains or the storms. They decided to take from us rather than wait for what was given. They cut large numbers of my people down in order to clear the land to live on. Every tree cut down was a dryad spirit that died. The leaves no longer danced in the wind, and they could, and they cut our branches so we could no longer communicate through movement. We tried to reach out to them, using our spiritual connection through the gods, but yet no one listened. Our only hope was to fight back, in hopes of scaring them off. This only allowed them to tell their children that dryads were evil spirits, painting us as the bad guys in their story. The onslaught continued, and they would not hear our screams for mercy. They used our bodies to build our leaves for fires, and they dug out the ground under us to use the minerals in the soil. Mankind advanced and the dryad population diminished. With the advancement of mankind, the humans began to fight amongst themselves. They argued who had the right to make laws, who had the right ideals to run the communities. The humans then split, creating different countries amongst their great land. These countries were divided by ideals. After the split, the destruction of the dryad bodies doubled. New structures needed to be created. They used us to create weapons in order to fight each other, and monuments in order to worship. Blood was shed, and yet no agreement was reached. But what was decided was that the humans needed our bodies in order to continue living. They continued to kill our kind, and finally, we called out for anyone or anything to help. There was an answer. It was quiet at first, but we all heard a voice. Give me your strength, and I will save you. The voice came deep from within the ground, but we weren't convinced. Could this mysterious voice hope to give us salvation? Things got worse for us, and again the voice called out, Just send your energy to the core, and I will save you. We debated this amongst ourselves. We figured 
out that the voice belonged to Goto, and we knew that he wanted to eradicate the humans. Were we willing to trade their lives for our own? That's what they were doing to us. We knew, of course, they wouldn't truly wipe all of us out, because without us, they could not live. That's what we thought, but they could tear down everything we loved. With the need to protect all we had, we said yes. We cried out to Goto, sending our energy down to Sartonia's core. The ground shook as Goto answered our cries. And that's the end of my first part of history. Did the humans get happeninged? Did, did they get- I never watched the happening. Yeah, I don't uh, think that's exactly what he's going for. Not, not quite. What happened in the happening? Uh, the, the plan, the I think it's the plants evolved to release human killing or like a, a suicide neurotransmitter or something for the humans. Yeah. No, I, did, I didn't go that far. No, yeah. I wish I did, but I didn't go to the happening. <laughs> yeah, you went like one step behind the happening. I'm Yeah, I, I've never seen the happening. So. Let me ask you this, Jordan. At any That's point Shyamalan, in your world, right? yeah, at any point in your world, does Mark Wahlberg talk to a potted plant? Oh, that's that really crappy Mark Wahlberg movie. Yeah. You could just say it's a Mark Wahlberg movie. It looks terrible. What's that director's name? M. Night Shyamalan. Shyamalan. Um, Okay, Cody. So you're up, and there was no weird displacement of time. Yeah, no, there wasn't. The mission is a failure. Every guest episode we have is a paradox. Sorry, Cody. I'm trying to record. I'm trying to record my special time podcast. Lag, 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 lag. Where I get to talk and tell my funny poop stories, and you're over here ruining my life. Lag. Anyways, I'm going now. The mission is a failure. Humanity is dead. What remains is something else. They're still, I guess, physically human, but they're like machines or simpler animals. They still go to do jobs, live in homes, trade for food, have kids. But it's like they're following a perfect script. When we landed, no one welcomed us, and no one spoke to us. We tried to talk to the humans, but they just ignored us and kept following their appointed routes. We would watch them for hours. It was silent but for the sounds of the few machines that ran. There were no voices, just the efficient execution of a day's work. It was terrifying, a waking nightmare, to stand in a world... That functioned perfectly, where everything did as it should at every moment. It was like watching a simulation of real life. We have begun to make these ourselves, games and models where you could watch a version of people play out their lives. This is what we were faced with. A simulation of humanity. Month that... mm, (laughs) Months after our arrival, we are still studying what I hate to call humans. But we made a discovery. Radio waves. The air is saturated with them. And we have found the source. It took a while, since our technology was not really designed to read these signals, and the signals itself is bounced off of several relay stations, but we found a building high in the mountains. A kind climb for us. And we are going to go see what it is. So, when the... Well, what is um, it? That's going to be the next section. When the Quailamon landed on Earth, humanity was... <laughs> Why? Okay, we just... Let's get it out. We're going to say Quailamon a bunch. Quailamon. Quailamanity. Quailamon. Quailamon. Quailamanity. And now it's out of our... Diana, it's out of our system. Quailamanity. 
Man, I just come up with anything else that would have worked. I just want you guys to know at one point there was a horrible disaster that happened to the Quayla Man where a um a giant Quayla Man blimp crashed and they said, Oh the Quailmanity <laughs> Oh my god. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Solid joke. 10 out of 10, Cody. You're killing him. <laughs> that was like a 3 out of 10, but okay. So, Diana, I like having you on the podcast because I know you have a hair trigger for laughter. <laughs> for a while, when I was around you, I felt really funny, and then I heard you laugh at stupid crap, and I'm just like, oh no, you just actually have a hair trigger for laughter. You mean my mom jokes. Huh? You mean my your mom jokes. I think you just laughed at your own jokes when you made all of those. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're hilarious. Um, anyways, so when the Quailamon landed on Earth, cities are still growing and are very well integrated with forests, and everything seems to be in a much better like harmony than what like we have now, right? Where there's like disparity between trying to expand humanity but also not like wreck the earth. Interruption. Yes, huh? Have either of you seen Rick and Morty? All y- the episodes. I've yeah, Diana. Not all the episodes, yeah. no. Okay, because yeah. this is Rick and Morty. Uh the Rick's ex girlfriend. It's not Rick's ex girlfriend. Oh frick, it's Rick. <laughs> yes, it is. Go. <laughs> Shut up, Diana. It's not Rick's ex girlfriend. You don't know anything about Rick's ex girlfriend. Get out of here, Diana. <laughs> You can't, the thing is, Jordan hasn't seen all of Rick and Morty, so I can just grab those, paste them in, and say I'm creative. You've ruined it for me. Pickle World was coming up next, and you can't do That's that now. why I'm here. Anyways. Ruin it for you. So, humanity still functions, but no one speaks anymore. The world has gone totally silent, because there just isn't a need for people to communicate, to go where they need to, and do the things they need to do, in order to keep humanity growing at a pre-designated rate, and, like, keep this city functioning. So, it's not that nothing ever breaks down, it's just that people immediately, like, at the drop of a hat, go and fix whatever needs to be fixed, move supplies where they need to be moved to maintain a perfect balanced ecosystem. Um, but even when the Quailamon like try to interact, there's just nothing. It's like people have become completely incapable of experiencing anything beyond what is just like in their set beaten track. So it's actually kind of very Wally, you know, where it's just uh-huh. like, they're like kind of sit, but they're not like sitting in their chairs. Um, but like humanity itself would seem to be very healthy they eat the right way. They, like, would exercise the right amounts. So it is, like, everything looks like what it should look like, but it very much looks like if you were standing in the middle of a Sim City. is kind of how I pictured this. Because everyone just, like, goes and does the same routine over and over and over again, you know? Like, as you, as God, are, like, designating them to go and do the same routine over and over and over again. So, yeah, I was very much thinking The Sims when I imagined what a non-sentient humanity would look like. Picked up on that. Instead of rat rabied nightmares. <laughs> Good. Jeez. Okay. Does that mean it's my turn? That Do means it's more? your turn. Okay. All right. So I don't actually have a story part for this section because there's just too much information. We're gonna we're gonna get through it all. Oh, you're just you're <clears> just <throat> talking at us now. Just talking. You're not talking as a raccoon anymore. We're, 
No. Really no. quick, I just realized something. And, I mean, this wasn't something that was discussed on the podcast. But that picture you sent us was off of Etsy. <laughs> that's uh-huh. the yeah. part that confuses me. That this is an Etsy thing that someone is selling a raccoon maculum. Yep. Raccoon penis bone on Etsy. Available. Oh, how much was it? Let's see. Tana, $7. Don't, don't <laughs> buy that. Don't. <laughs> Don't buy Dude, that. If I was gonna buy, something I mean, they have like Etsy, above it. it they have the shark tooth necklaces. Can you make a raccoon penis necklace? I'm sure you can. Okay. Yeah. Well, Cody, I know what you're getting for your birthday next year. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty. Uh, I, I don't know this for sure, but if possums have a baculum, I can't even. Oh, I might have to. Anyway, I've never felt more like Hank Hill than I do right now. I've never watched that show. I'm just, I'm just middle class befuddled. Just like, it doesn't say anything about this in the Bible. What? What? (laughs) No, actually, I think the Bible does mention bacula. Shut up, Diana. No, it doesn't. I I feel like in, in, I heard once that it did, but I don't remember in what context. You're just making that up because you know I don't, you know, there's no way for me to fact check you. Well, no, and I'm not stating it as a fact, stating it as a thing that I think I heard once that I may or may not have. Anyway, this is where we talk about raccoon sex lives. Kind of. (laughs) (laughs) I almost want to make that the episode title, but I don't think I can. (laughs) (laughs) The one where we talk about raccoon sex lives. Males form loose tribes of four or five for companionship and mutual defense while they hunt birds and small rodents and fish with nets and traps. Females raise kits and gather edibles like eggs and nuts and cook in their family fire. And shrooms! Shrooms? What? You said edibles. I was making like a a drug joke. Oh, well. Those wouldn't be shrooms. Those would be weed. Weed gummies. How would they gather those, Diana? How would they gather Dude, weed they gummies? I mean, you can in make gelatin. The rel- in in the, the, the ruins of an ancient city, and those things are not going to go bad. I. They will never go bad. I mean, they'll get extremely stale and hard. Sure. Raccoon don't care. Well, now that's the truest thing you've said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, um... The females uh, form tight-knit kin tribes and help one another with their kits. Adolescent daughters stay with their mothers for life, while adolescent sons are driven away. When a male mates with a female, he hangs around the periphery of the family, bringing part of his catch and preventing other males from mating with his female, but does not interfere with the other females of the family group. Each year, a female may choose a different male if she so desires. Males make a game of creating booby traps around important hubs of family (laughs) activity. (laughs) Around important hubs of family activity to discourage predators. Since they are the ones who spread news between family tribes, they can easily communicate to everyone in the area how to avoid the traps they lay. They try to keep the traps non-lethal, but if they find they have caught a rat or a tall one, they will kill it. Bridges over rivers are sites of informal communal gathering for bathing, foraging, eating, and play between families. But when a formal council is held once a year at the beginning of the mating season, all the communities within the area gather at the former municipal dump, where a great fire is lit and a great feast is held. Kits are considered full-grown at seven years. Their adulthood rituals for males include scaling skyscrapers. 
The taller the skyscraper, the more honor he gains. Adulthood rituals for a female involve catching the newborn kids as they're delivered by her mother. Here's the really messed up part. I'm a little bit weird. If her mother dies before she is grown, she must be ceremonially adopted by an aunt or else she is considered cursed and driven out from the family and either finds a new tribe or dies. <laughs> this is the animal planet of world shop yes. right now. By the also, way. those raccoons definitely become witches if they get driven out. I hope so. That is yeah. how that is how Ooh, myths of witches really cool. get started. Is they're like we have to yes. ostracize all these women because they're you know yes. unwed, and then it's like yep. this is how you get witch raccoons right here. This is how yep. it happens. Yep, but it's a maternal society, so it's not about being married. It's about being having that mother connection. Ah. Anyway. The, um, the people, which is what they call themselves, worship the duality of light and shadow as a god of two faces named Tyrir. The female face, T, light, is equated with wisdom, while the male face, Rir, darkness, is equated with cleverness. They represent these joined faces as vaguely human but with dark circles around their eyes, pointed ears on top of their head, and sharp teeth. They abhor the rat god, who represents filth and senseless violence. Their creation myth says that light and darkness were once separate, and the world was born in the moment of their first joining. T favored the tall ones and made them almost gods themselves, while Rear favored the people because they were the clever, cleverest of the animals. The tall ones and the people lived together in harmony and shared their blessings, but the rat god was jealous of their blessings and corrupted the tall ones, robbing them of their wisdom in a secret underground lair. So T bestowed her blessings on the people instead, for the first time joining wisdom and cleverness in one creature, and elevating them above all the other creatures. Tyrir cursed the rats to ever burrow and scrabble for their food, and banished them from the above ground, so that now they live in the sewers under the earth, only emerging for brief periods before being chased back underground. And that's what I've got for Society of Today. I like so- it. That, but, but really, that felt like an episode of Animal Planet. That was like, what that I was, was very, going for. <laughs> yeah, I, I like very precise, very this, yeah, I, coherent. Yeah, I, all I'm that. curious yes. about something. What do you want? Do you have something specific in mind for why you say that humans are wise and not clever? Um, I was trying to think of, um, I mean, how raccoons would think of themselves, and therefore interpret what happened with humans through their own lens. And I, I would imagine raccoons would be very uh, proud of how sneaky and clever they are and that that might be one of the values their society kind of coalesces around. And they have to define themselves in contrast to what humans were because humans were once the dominant sentient species. Uh, and that's part okay. of the history. Gotcha. That makes sense. Yep, so it's really just raccoons stroking themselves. I, I didn't know if you were trying to like say something snide about humanity. <laughs> I, mean, I was going to let it go. I was going to let it go. <laughs> I love how Cody just tried. And I didn't even laugh. I, I just had the face of trying was, not to laugh. It was all Jordan's face. We were all going to let it go until Jordan made the face. And then I couldn't. I couldn't. I, could, I couldn't stop. <laughs> just like the raccoons. Anyways. Or Duddy. <laughs> Jordan, I think it's your turn, right? Yeah, I didn't know if you had any other questions. So I was just going to let you No, no, that. no. I just mostly wanted to know what was meant by clever and also if rats are a metaphor, but I think we're going to get into that in the next section. Okay. 
So this is my section, a direct continuation of what happened before, because as I said, this I basically wrote two society histories. It was a cliffhanger. Sertonia shook violently, and all of the humans, no matter where on the planet they were, turned to see what the commotion was. Some looked on with fear. Others pointed to alert their companions to what was happening. And then the world cracked and split open. The sound was deafening, but Godo finally had enough energy to escape his prison. He did indeed stop the humans from hurting us. They looked on in terror as their friends and family's souls were ripped from their bodies and taken to the world's scar. Deep in the planet's core, Godo was harvesting their souls for energy, but gave us back all that we had given him. That was the trade-off. We gave Godo the key to his prison, and Godo made the humans like we once were, stationary and unmoving, the same word, with <laughs> their minds trapped in their bodies. As you can tell, I'm a very good writer. Just going to throw that out there. Um, Dude, this is dark. Oh, yeah. I got dark with it. I always get yeah. dark with it. The humans were left <laughs> to the world, open to be used and abused as they once used us. We were strong again, able to move freely with our leaves and our branches. But the silence from the humans was deafening. We regretted giving Goto power, but there was no turning back. We chose this path. The other gods cursed Goto, attempting to destroy him, but he protected himself deep within the planet's core, biding his time until he had enough energy to enact his revenge. Has enough energy, whatever. His anger spread to the world above, causing a derangement in the animals, coloring the sky dark gray and the waters to become murky. But he waits and gathers energy, hoping to take the heavens sorry, hoping to take to the heavens and punish the gods for allowing his creations to be destroyed. When Godo leaves the planet, it will mean war with the gods. The world will probably die as a result of it. This could mean the end of everything. But this is, but this is something we asked for, something we wanted. We cursed humanity and ourselves, and, but for what? A little bit of freedom? We do live free. In fact, we can go anywhere we want. Free to blow in the wind, free to strive without suffering. But for how long? There are some of us who stay in place, waiting for the world to end. Others want to live and strive knowing that any second could be the last. But in the very end, it is all up to Goto. The world fades around the world's scar. It, it is only a matter of time before the end. And that is my society current, quote-unquote. Jordan, why is it that yeah. your gods always hate people? I you just make know. very no, no. mean I, gods. No, no, no. So this god hates people because he loves other people Be yeah because he created the trees yeah. and he realized the humans went and destroyed his creation he grew the hate for the Dude. humans and wanted to be in a way that the humans could sorry that the trees could strive so this is heavy literary shit this is like so i i, I mentioned while we were <clears throat> totally not on a break that it reminded me a little bit of the stories that i used to imagine as a kid because i lived with a forest in my backyard and uh, but that's only up until the humans get got. And all of this... Uh, just the, the, I don't know why I just have a knack for making things extremely well, dark. No, but it's, it's dark in an intriguing way. Because as I've called you before, you are a cinnamon bun. And you can't make things dark without having good reasons behind it. And that's what makes dark things interesting. When it's, it's perfectly legitimate interests... Protecting one sentence. I'm trying to think species. of something where I just made things dark to be dark. No, yeah, no. It. It, it has to be I'm a, legitimate I'm, competing interests. I'm a cinnamon. Bar. And that is delightful and interesting, and I really like it. 
I got delightful and interesting, Cody. Suck it. <laughs> Anyways, we go back to talk about the Quail Mans. <laughs> I just... I love how you did it. You always you do this where you realize. don't think we're going to laugh at what you like, I did it with Trilos. Yes. Okay. I effed up. But you've done this like three or four times where you said something. Like, oh, crap. Jordan's going to laugh at us. Like, yeah. Quail man. Quail very, man. Uh, uh, that, that, oh, Doug. That old cartoon. Yeah. yeah it's the, not the Quail man. man. It's Quailamon. There's a difference. <laughs> There's an extra A, so it's different. (laughs) He wears a belt on his head and hangs out with his dog. Proceed. I'm dark and edgy, too. (laughs) I just want everyone to know that I'm also dark and edgy. It's just I have dark, edgy quail men. (laughs) You're dark and edgy. Oh, now I'm just imagining quail man with, like, guy lighter on, and he's wearing Janko jeans. (laughs) Do y'all remember Janko jeans? Yes. I never saw them in person. I only Did you not? Whoa, weird. Dude. Oh, I, I saw them a lot. Oh, of yeah, a ton of people at my high school wore Janko jeans. We, oh. But luckily they died out we in college. We had uniforms. <laughs> oh, oh, really? Cute weird. little green kilts. Oh, yeah. Um, school. Oh, right, because you went to yeah, private school. Yeah, I um, became sacrilege and went to a um, public school after... Private. I just yeah. went to public school the whole time. So Actually, you know. I don't think I ever went to a public school. I didn't ever go to a public school, including Valpo, because Valpo's freaking definitely not. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I went private for a long... Well, sorry, public for a little bit, private, mm-hmm. then public, then yeah. private. So, anyways, it doesn't know. matter. <laughs> All right. Y'all ready for this? Maybe. Smack. I found an audio journal. I will play it now. Compliance has always been the issue. That is why the Tesla emitter is such a triumph. Long ago, our simulations grew far more advanced than the actual human experience. We could be better managed by turning over more choices to LTMS, the long-term management system. But how could we assure total compliance with the program? We tried to use... We tried to utilize people's computers, advertising, political manipulation, it never worked. That ends today. It will only affect a tiny number of chemical impulses in the brains of all humans. But it should do the trick, just enough to ensure everyone makes the right choice. That was from a few hundred years ago. Here is the last log we found. Finally, we did it! We got it right! Humanity has reached perfection. The latest poll shows an exactly 0% dissatisfaction rating. Truly, 0%. We did it. LTMS was a total success. After its creation, it did take a few years to get it totally right. Well, a few hundred. But in terms of the long history of humanity's suffering, I would say that's the blink of an eye. This is getting harder to say. I think I should shut off the machine. But every time I think about how to do it, I think about something else I should do. Every time I try to move my hand, I cannot move it for some reason. Even now, saying this, my head is beginning to pound. I am happy in my life. Yes, but I don't think I remember the last time I spoke to my wife. And I don't know my neighbor's name. 
And my kids have stopped screaming when they play outside. LTMS has Which, thank God, saved humanity. <laughs> it is not my choice to make, to wake up humanity. Humanity decided this is how they wanted to live. And I do not have any authority to undo that. I know that even as I order all of my fellow Quailaman to destroy everything on top of this mountain. So, no. so that's kind of how I would imagine like this story starting is um, like humanity suddenly snapping out of like this 300 year funk um, with the sudden presence of four armed three foot aliens <laughs> that are like, we're here to teach you so, culture so again. Saying, <laughs> so you're saying your story starts with humanity becoming sentient yeah, yeah. again. <laughs> so, I just, I just want to just. But that's that. not in the world building. <laughs> the world building is humanity is not sentient. So basically, you built a world where humans are sentient. It could completely undo it whenever you well, want. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did do that. So what's the point? Nope. I, do nope, you want to know what the point of the world was? Like what I was trying to illustrate? Conformity. Yes, Cody. Huh? Go nuts. Oh, I was trying to illustrate kind of the cynicism that comes with like um, staring. Huh? Efficiency. Well, not just efficiency, but also just like staring at problems. Um, Like, I think that we're all able to be very aware of many, many, many faults and can imagine this perfect thing where like we all live in this perfect balanced harmony. And I think that's a great thing to strive for. I just also think it's worth like remembering some of the sloppiness that makes humanity worth doing. And it's not just all doing everything right. Um, So I kind of like this thing where humanity progresses to a point of saving itself, but at some cost. And part of it is remembering, like, there is more to life than just, like, frantically trying to get all these pieces to fit together and keep ourselves from collapsing. Granted, a viable thing to do that needs to happen, but there is also still, like, life worth enjoying. Sounds like it's written by a parent. (laughs) So really quick, I just want to say, by these stories so far, I'm a tree hugger, Cody's a philosopher, and Diana is a... I wouldn't say that I'm a philosopher. I just really wish I had four arms. (laughs) I'm more interested in the opposable thumb on the foot. Diana, if there was one thing that would actually probably evolve fairly easily, it would be for us to have opposable thumb feet. I know, right? <laughs> any, any who, really quick, Cody, I also, with your writing of that last part, I definitely found some similarities and stuff that happened in Adventure Zone Balance. Like, when they all lost oh. their memories, it just kind of reminded me of that. Well, yeah, there's also kind of, I always like Frankenstein-y stuff, so like that thing where, like, what if people made a machine they couldn't turn off? You know, uh-huh. like... Oh, uh, shoot, yeah. like I'm trying to shut off the machine. It's like, mm, the, the only purpose of this machine is to not let me turn it off. Like, ah, dang it. Yeah, that was well-written horror. <laughs> yeah, like realizing that you've screwed up and that every time you think about shutting off the machine, it's like, no, you're not allowed to do that. That's the wrong decision to make. Like, eh. I have nightmares about that, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, very, that's a very real fear. <laughs> But yeah, I guess like if I was to imagine a case where humanity would consider to no longer be sentient, this would be why it would stop being sentient Hmm. is like 
Because I, like, looked up what it meant, and, like, the definition of sentience is kind of, like, vague and wishy-washy, depending on yeah. who you ask. And some of it is the ability to experience, like, negative emotions and be aware of them. So I was oh. like, really, you can, like, communicate and not be considered sentient, and you can, mm-hmm. like, it's being able to be happy and sad is part of what makes something sentient. So I'm like, well, then that kind of requires, like, our actual emotional response to tragedy is part of what makes us alive. Um interesting so then like washing that away isn't necessarily meaning that like all the skyscrapers crumble down it's just wiping away kind of like the disparity of humanity where it's like you it's not good all the time but that's Mm -hmm. kind of part of it you know anyways sorry go ahead yeah i ran into that same question thinking about well what would what do we mean when we say non-sentient and that led me to more like monkey-like humans rather than um because like we, we draw this we draw this line between sentience and non-sentience that really isn't mm-hmm. it's not well defined there's not like a scientific a, definition yeah, for it's it it's a difference of degree and, rather than kind yeah yeah and that's why i went to completely like your soul is yeah. pretty much gone because like that line is very it, it's weird and i was like yeah i don't want to tow it i want to just have yeah. something that's this is 100 yeah, percent not exactly yeah well 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 okay Okay, take All us right. home. <sighs> so, it was supposed to be a prank. I had abducted a few, a couple thousand individuals or so, and I learned about their biology. And <gasps> They have these weird non-self cells growing all over their skin, right? I mean, gross, but also those cells turned out to be super easy to genetically manipulate. So I thought it'd be funny to just turn them all blue. Yeah, I know, now that I say it out loud, it's incredibly juvenile, but harmless. Just tweak a couple genes and those cells start secreting this bright blue oil. Tweak a few more and the cell just starts jumping from individual to individual, spitting out blue juice like crazy and just a few more genes to make it impervious to any of the chemicals that they have to kill non-self cells. It was complete bedlam. All these serious political authorities trying to broadcast messages of calm to the populace, but their skin is so blue that their skin-colored creams just made them look green. How was I supposed to know? They have so many different cells and virions on them normally. How in the name of all that is numinous was I supposed to know how easily the damn things mutate to take advantage of their hosts? I assumed if anything got out of hand, the normal flora would do what any ecosystem does and return their bodies to a healthy balance. Well, Doc, suffice to say that is not how it happened. Somehow, the damn bug not only breached the soft tissues of their glands, and really, what self-respecting organism has that many vulnerable open tissues, but managed to survive in their circulatory system and breach their blood-brain barrier. By the time I realized what was happening, it was far too late. I mean, come on, it's awfully hard to tell the difference now anyway. Other than the blue, of course. What do you mean? What was happening? Well, Doc, I think my bugs somehow scrambled their frontal lobes. 
I didn't even really <laughs> notice at first. I just thought they were quarantining the blue people because they look different. They do that a lot anyway. So whenever they got one infected population controlled, I just drop a dusting of the bugs somewhere else. But then their air traffic volume reduced dramatically. I got curious, so I grabbed a couple and started probing. Everything seemed normal until the functional brain scan. I think... Doc, it's really messed up. I think my bug made them... less. Less intelligent, less capable, less... Well, damn it, less conscious. And not just a couple of them. Judging by the planet-wide mobility slowdown, enough are affected to really mess up their whole civilization. When I went down there to see for myself, the ones I saw are barely even tool users anymore. I see. And how does that make you feel? Well, that's the really fucked up part, Doc. I mean, I feel bad. But also, I'm a little bit excited. We've never before gotten to observe how a cataclysm at this level, affecting only the species at the top of the food chain, can affect the entire planet's ecosystem. And that's my, my world. That's done. So they aren't rats. No. <laughs> no. Have you that's ever just... seen the show Steven Universe? I haven't, no. Okay, one of your characters very much reminded me of a character called Paradot that thinks all of humanity is very stupid and like regularly is very flippant with like, oh, those are just humans. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That I love that. I love that twist. I, I do that too. That was the original idea. And I like stayed up way too late writing that little piece there. And then everything else was like, okay, so what would happen to the ecosystem if that happened? Oh, and then that's where the raccoons yeah. came from. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if it's, raccoons. like, kosher to talk about, like, your career. Raccoon, more like Oh, raccoon. yeah, that's kosher. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but, wh- wow, I think that you might know a lot about diseases and how that they're, like, <laughs> spread and transferred. And- no, no, no. What, that what is gave the you that idea? least realistic part of this whole freaking story. Yeah, but you, you talked about it like you knew. <laughs> I threw out a little bit of buzzwords, and that helps. Yeah. It does. It does. It makes, like, for someone like me, who's like, what do I know about cells? Like, there's a lot of them. <laughs> That's it. Um, it makes you sound like you could literally say anything, and I'd be like, That's probably a fact. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we excrete yeah. blue when you change a gene. Sure. Oh, no, yeah. that's that's easy it's just the making it survive could you make me blue no 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 wait is that actually no sorry making a bacteria non-self cells making a bacteria oh like i know what a non-self cell is okay just making sure i didn't like stumble over those words but the point is that there's bacteria on the human skin that is excreting the blue not that the humans are excreting blue so okay okay so i i don't do this often but can you come back for another episode (laughs) Maybe. Like, I, I've, enjoy, I've enjoyed Jordan, it. Jordan, I think all we've had is repeated guests. I think <laughs> every guest we've had has been a repeated guest. They've never had a first time, Cody? Oh, no, I see what you're saying. I get it. Shush. <laughs> well, it's, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm also saying, Cody, it's like, isn't that a good thing, though? That they, yeah, they I mean, come yeah. back and want to come back, hopefully. Yeah. I mean, I had <laughs> Anywho, a lot is of that, fun is that all doing you this. got? That's all I've got. I'm very happy. 
I enjoyed this. Yeah, it was good. Two hundred percent. It was fun. It's been a really long time since I've written anything, and I I used to write a lot. Isn't it fun to get back into? It is. It's intimidating. I don't write, so this podcast has been fun. Like I don't think I've written anything since college. Yeah, it's been it's been fun. Yeah. I did NaNoWriMo after college oh, yeah? and like actually finished. Oh, I want to read this book. Oh my no, God. it's a fever dream. It's like, it's a way you need to read this uh, book. It doesn't make any sense. I'm texting Mandy right now to find it and send it to me. Yeah. Oh my God. If you could get Mandy to send everybody oh, the book. Shoot. Okay. She might actually be able to. Yes. <laughs> Shh. Why didn't I think of just well, asking she doesn't, Mandy? She's, she's not married. Seen Don't it. think of these these things that are like, how can you undermine your spouse? I feel like in your head, thing. you would think it would be fun to read this book, but it's it's long. It's book long. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, Cody, you wrote a book. It, we want to read it. It needs to go on the um, no, World but, Shop um, website. Website? Is what, there a website? I, I haven't even looked at the website. Yeah, No, it's, no, it's a there's website. a Wandering Gamer. Yeah, it's under... Oh, uh, okay. Gotcha. Um, no, but what I liked about NaNoWriMo is that it forced you to finish something, and that is yeah. definitely what I like about this, is that there's definitely been worlds where, like, I've done it and been like, that one didn't land, mm-hmm. but you uh. do so many of them. It's like, well, okay, but this next one will probably be all right. You and know? that's what they always say in the creative writing classes, is just yes. keep on writing and eventually... And finish stuff. Like, yeah. don't don't just be well, like, oh, I've been writing... It's the shotgun approach. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, this is probably too extreme, and really, if I wanted to get better as a writer, I should focus on making something longer and quality and all that stuff. It really depends what kind of writing you would want to be doing. Well, Short stories are fun. That's true. There's maybe less of a market for them, but they're fun. Yeah, we did those short stories where Jordan callously decided I was not allowed to do my romance short story. Now, is this... You could have picked your romance short story. I just thought it was going to be boring. I think it would have been boring. Because you wanted to do our agrarian, the freaking oh farmland romance between um, Big, Big Tomlin, Tom, Tomlin, and Lily of the. Okay, I did not listen to the episode where you pitched the two ideas. I just skipped it and went on. But is this basically you sh- you Princess should, you Bride? You should go back to that. No, no, it's <laughs> okay. not. There's no sword no, fighting. It's a lot worse, Diana. Okay, it's okay. not worse. Exactly. That's why story. I didn't want to have it on the show. <laughs> Yeah, this show is not cute. Uh, it can, can be. be. Oh, shit. We just said the same thing at the same time. <laughs> I mean, if it's not the same time, we're going to make it be the same time. <laughs> it's fine. Anywho, so that was the episode. Um, I guess technically I can roll for, for next time, or can I just hold my action until... No, we shouldn't roll for next we time. Have a world we, for already, next time. we already have our next world, so we'll just... This okay, is a well, weird I'm hold my action world. until next time. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. This is the the time paradox, as I like to call them. So, anyways, thank you for being here, Diana. Do you have anything to plug? Yeah. Do you want to plug any, your Twitter? If I don't, oh no, I guess I do have a Twitter. I haven't. If anyone starts following me on social media after this, I will block you. <laughs> I, I I will kill you. <laughs> Diana, that's not good for our brand. You're being <laughs> off brand. No, that's how it no, is. No, I think it's great. <laughs> Anyways, if anyone wants Diana's home address, call me. I'll give it to you. You probably because have the I hate her. Still. Yes, well, first, you have to give out Cody's number. <laughs> oh, check me out at the Wandering Gamer Network. It's on YouTube now. It's also on wherever you find podcasts. We play games. So, we play 
uh, on our podcast, we do an actual play of RPGs. Right now, we are playing a kind of homebrew of Apocalypse... No, Powered by the Apocalypse, called Outlaws Wanted. And we are also going to be starting a actual play of City of Mist on YouTube. We play some video games. You can check those out. We just played Man of Medan. That's modern and relevant. I hate how it rhymes. You can check me out at something, I guess, zero zero on um, twitch.tv. And you can find us wherever you find podcasts because I'm not going to say the usual. So anyways, we'll catch you on the flip side and talk to y'all later. Bye. Bye. Bye.